which one thing we bring to the table is strategy, right? So I like to sit down with owners and operators and say, what is your goal with this cafe? Are you, do you want to sell in two years' time? Do you want to build um, a loyal following? Do you, want to, do you just want to use Instagram for sales, right? Because all of that needs a different strategy on content-wise. It's not just pretty photos with, of Smash Avo and, and you know, latte art. Um, it depends on your goals and we build a strategy around that. Do you want to, be, do you want to become a hospitality heavyweight? Do we need to incorporate you throughout the socials, in between the food? Um, are you a people person? Do we show a lot of your customers? Um, Preach, the owner, likes very clean photography, so we're running with that. So uh, we like to marry our social media strategy with your commercial goals as an owner-operator. What are they? We like to understand that. And we're meant to complement it. We're not the business, right? We're complementing your business. We're trying to showcase different elements of it. So I think that's very, very important. Welcome to A Table for Two. Inspiring and educational interviews and stories with the best operators, owners, and entrepreneurs in business and the hospitality industry. My name is Phil Halani, and on today's episode, we chat to Muhammad and Rabi Taha, two of the founders of Sydney Brunch Crawler. With a passion for finding the best hospitality venues, Rabi started getting phone calls and messages every day asking where the best places for brunch in Sydney were. His brothers Bill and Muhammad encouraged him to start a blog, and together the three of them started one of Sydney's best Instagram food blogger accounts. With over 80,000 followers through organic growth, their blog has now become so much more. They are respected influencers and have since collaborated with amazing brands and also look after many venues helping with social media management. All three brothers bring a different skill set, which has helped many hospitality venues increase revenue and raise awareness. This was such a great podcast and added so much value to people that want to help grow their business through social media. They are genuine about wanting to help and I have seen firsthand the positive impact they have had on our business. A quick shout out to our good friends at Procow Dairies, Sonoma Baking Co. and MD Providors. They are passionate about supporting small businesses, the hospitality industry, and also this podcast. All right, welcome, boys. We have Muhammad Taha and Ravi Taha. How are we? Living the dream. Living the dream, Phil. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, man. It's, um, I remember the first time I met you boys, Ravi, I met you first, um, I think, was it in Blackwood? Blackwood, Blackwood Pantry. Pantry, yeah. Right. And it was just our friendship blossomed from there and... Obviously, um, Mo, I met you a bit later on and a um, bit of a brotherhood now. Absolutely. Well, when, so how did you two meet? I mean, you're saying, when, what year was that? Do you know what year that was? It was 2018. I've got the photo. Yeah? Yeah. So what was your first impression of him, Ravi? It was, it was bromance. <laughs> um, it, was, it was really cool because I think, I think you guys as well at the time, there wasn't many people doing things as well as you guys in the sense of like the traction you got. So you did something, posted something, and people listened. You know what I mean? And mm. I think it was really cool. It's like these guys are, are helping businesses really get off the ground and, and running. And then we meet, and you're like, and they're good people as well, you know? So <laughs> um, can, you, can you tell us, we'll go back to Blackwood days, but can you tell us how um, Sydney Brunch Crawler got started? You can start, Ravi. So I've always had a passion for coffee. Um, I'd research whilst I was at work and then on the weekend I'd hit the road bright and early um, just basically cafe hopping from one to another um, and by the end of it I was out of pocket probably $200 <laughs> and I was buzzing full of caffeine coffee, so yeah. Um, yeah started about in 2014 uh, about seven years ago um, I was driving with uh, with Mo my brother and um, he said to me, you need to start documenting this. I reached a stage where people were calling me, texting me, saying, hey, I'm in this area, hey, I'm taking my missus out, or where do you suggest, or what do you recommend? So 
I thought, you know what, I don't know how to, I'm not the most articulate in, in sort of writing. That's Mo, being a journo. Um, so I just learned how to take photos and yeah, we set up the Instagram page. And what year was that? 2014. 2014. Who, who, what, were, what was the scene like in 2014 for people like you doing what you're doing? I guess it was, it was still early days. People, people didn't really know much about Instagram. I mean, Facebook was, was surfacing. Um, so it was almost like TikTok. Um, people didn't really catch on. Um, so I guess we were sort of, I'm happy to, to claim like the pioneers basically, along with like your Isaac Eats a Lot, your For Food's Sake, your Lick Your Phone. So around when like the, the, the old dogs sort of started um, and then sort of we just gained a lot of traction and built the trust of our audience, um, gave them what they want, listened to what they wanted and then yeah, we, we are where we are right now. That's awesome. And, and obviously the U2 are involved with Brunch Caller. Who else is involved in the brand? Yeah, so uh, there's Rabi, there's myself, and then there's Billy. Billy's, so we're pretty much three brothers um, on a mission. That was kind of our bio in the early days. Yeah. Three brothers on a mission to find the best brunch and coffee in Sydney. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, I mean, so Rabi's the eldest, I'm the second eldest, Billy's the third. We're one of five boys in our family. Um, and it's rare to find boys interested in brunch. In our experience, it's been mainly females. Yeah. So a lot of guys, like our mates, go out for burgers late night and what have you. They're not the type to look for a brunch destination on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So we were an anomaly in, in the game, right, in the influencer marketing game. It was mainly, you know, beautiful women, switched on photographers, young. Um, they're probably at uni. This is their passion. And they set up a blog. So having three, you know, tall Lebanese males. Good-looking um, good <laughs> I mean, that's all subjective, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're very different, very different. Yeah. I think that caught a lot of people's attention in a good way. And, you know, we, we ran with that, yeah. And what, so what's a, what, what are you guys, um, what do you describe as? Are you guys uh, influencers? Are you a go-to guy for cafes? Are you social media management? Like, what's the best way to describe Sydney Brunch Caller? Well, I mean, our, our audience essentially steered, steered the ship and guided us to where we are right now. And I guess... Ultimately, we're a go-to guide for the best breakfast, brunch and coffee. I mean, in Sydney, and then obviously we've got some good networks, Melbourne, Brisbane, and um, other parts of the globe. So. so so, what, I mean, people looking on the outside, probably thinking you guys are killing it, making a lot of money. We don't need to know numbers of what you're making, but is it is it a thing where you, can, you don't have to work and this is your full-time job? I mean, that, that's the goal, right? Not at this stage, though, no. So, Rabi works full-time, uh, Reformatory Lab, uh, coffee roaster. I'm the head maybe, of... maybe Reformatory can sponsor us this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with some geishas, no worries. <laughs> some Panama geishas, $200 a kilo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Rabi's full-time sales and marketing at Reformatory. I'm, uh, I'm leading marketing for Motorola, the phone company. And Billy's leading sales at Mercedes AMG. So, the three of us have full-time jobs... And we juggle this kind of in between when we can. What 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 does all those roles you guys have do for the brand? I mean, that's three really different um, different mm. jobs. It's it's very powerful for your brand. Yeah, I think we break it up uh, yeah, in we, a way which very complementary. Like Rabi's our I describe Rabi as a walking directory for the cafe scene in Sydney. Okay, he knows owners, operators, baristas, staff members. You know, wait staff. Um, any location, like you said in the early days, you'd name a location, he'd recommend three cafes yeah. to go to in that location. I'm more the um, marketing side, strategy, marketing, 
Um, and Billy is very sales driven, um, being in the, the car industry. So we bring very complementary skill sets to, to the blog site. And I'll probably describe it as a blog, yeah? I don't like the word influencers. They sound a bit snobby and wanky and, yeah, yeah. you know, it's got an they a want bad, a free meal. And, look, it's yeah. got a bad rap, but yeah. at the same time, like, influencing people's decisions, right? Like, this, is, this is the reality. We, when we go on holidays, we see someone in Bali or whatever, and we, we save that photo because we want to go. Exactly, yeah. um, you, guys, you guys have got a very impressive following on Instagram, over, over 80,000 followers. What's, what's it required to run a social media page like that? Like, what kind of commitment is required? Basically, between the three of us, um, just we're constantly on our phone. So, I mean, over the years, we've, we've learned to sort of allocate a certain amount of time because uh, obviously it can be time-consuming. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's just constant notifications, DMs, uh, requests, um, emails. So, it, we, we, we do get hounded, um, but I guess we, we sort of divvy it up quite well. So, for example, Mo looks after emails. Um, Billy and I look after um, sort of relations with inquiries um, and then obviously we've got clients that we look after from a social media point of view. Yeah, Is it hard? You guys will have full-time jobs. Is it hard to manage? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like anything, I think people, everyone's very time poor, right? Yeah. So you're right, there is this, uh, what's the word, glossy image that we're living the life, going for brunch every day, every weekend. It's actually a lot of work takes a lot of work as well to get to a location, set up, um, make sure the cafe is not busy, be respectful of the owner and their time and, and the staff. Not, not sit on a stand on a table with turkey, <laughs> yeah, Robbie. Yeah, that's got to do what you got to do. do, do. do. I love that. No, no, it, luckily in Australia, you can stand on tables. It's not disrespectful. Ladders, <laughs> I'm upgrading to ladders and full shoes. <laughs> you got the drone. You got the drones now. So. Um, yeah, because I'd imagine like you guys are constantly posting. Do you guys have any apps or anything like that that you use, or is it just purely just you guys using the Instagram? Everything's by hand. We're very old school. Wow. Mm. We, we were taking um, all our photos off our iPhones, and then only recently we updated to um, a, an actual camera DSLR um, to take high quality images. But everything, all posts, all comments, everything's done by us. Yeah. Do you guys do much of the social media management? Yeah. So that, I think that was, organically, as Rabi said, when we started the page, it was just to be a, pretty much, hey, stop hounding Rabi, go check out this page if you're looking for a cafe um, on Instagram. And then it obviously became this thing where cafes are like, we love the photo you, you took. I'm not really happy with the social media agency running our socials at the moment. Can you come help out? So we used to do a lot of one-off shoots, right? We do a one-off package. Yeah. Um, you know, you pay three, $400 for a couple of photos that we post on the feed and then stories. Um, it got a lot of traction and engagement for the cafe. Maybe they had a customer uh, increase over that weekend or over a couple of weeks. Then the owners would say, look, we love that. Can you come take over? Let's talk about packages. So it wasn't something we, you know, when it started in 2014, it wasn't like we're going out to make money from cafe owners. It was more, it was our passion, Rabi's passion especially. Yeah. Um, I knew the power of Instagram at the time, and I said, you need to set up a blog. We thought, you know, people do pub crawling, why don't they do brunch crawling? That's kind of where the name Absolutely. came from. And I knew as well the importance of localising it. Instead of saying Australian brunch crawlers, very generic, where in Australia? Australia's a big country. Um, I think if you hyper-focus on a city, you can really hone in on that audience. So mm. that, it was very organic, the intention. The money came after. That's awesome. And it's always the best way to make it organic, right? If you try to go set up this amazing, try to company, 
people can read straight through it, exactly. see straight through it. So, what is there? Is there one image or post you've done or um, story you've posted that has just received unbelievable traction, and the business the next day says like, "What have you guys done? You created a beast." Is there one that you remember? There is one. Platform eighty two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, back in the day. So I went down with Isaac um, eats a lot. I went down with Hulk Food Smash. There was there was a group of us, um, and I. Everyone had set up the table and I just took just a humble snap and then it just went, it broke the internet. What year was that? Would have been 20, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, and it was of the, sh- the, share, the share platters? The, the platter, the, yeah. The breakfast platters. Because no, no one was doing that at the time and these guys obviously posted it. That's right. It just exploded, right? That's right. I mean, absolutely. That's really cool. So, um, I mean, going back to what you were saying, it's... For something to start as a, a pet project out of pure passion, yeah, and mean. then obviously, um, I mean, I'm not going to stereotype, but at first a lot of people thought we were females based on the language and the colours that we we're using, and then they meet us, and then obviously it's in our DNA to network and mingle and, and whatnot. So um, we naturally built trust and respect, and then we expanded our networks, and then from that obviously led to opportunity. And like as you, being an operator yourself, you know the challenges of running an entire operation. Very hard. So to sit there at the end of the night or first thing in the morning to post a photo, you know, it's the last thing on your mind. You've got bigger fish to fry. So. Very, very, very hard to manage and do it well as well. That's, I think that's the hardest thing is, is doing it and doing it well. Is there, you spoke a little bit about the, the, you know, these agencies that some people weren't happy with. As companies get bigger, it becomes more generic. What's your thoughts on the bigger PR companies? There's a lot of... Well, there, there, there's marketing agencies, then there's PR agencies, and there's social. social agencies. So, I mean, to differentiate between, like, we're, we're talking cafes. They don't have uh, budgets of 100000 allocated to marketing per year. So, based on what, what's out there at the moment, the market, a lot of marketing agencies sort of overprice and under-deliver, which is the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Um, so, we, we hear that all the time from... So, I mean, the best strategy that we find um, is to get your content created for you and then allocate either the owner or the manager or, or pay someone to, to do all the posting yeah. or schedule the posting. There are many ways to do it, but to go in and, and pay, 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 unless they're doing your graphics, your, your um, SEOs and all the above, like complete package and you can justify it, then it's, it's very hard to sort of sort of fork out that money on a monthly basis. Yeah, because when you do look at like hospitality venues, there's not much money left over for that kind of spend. And the PR agencies, some are really good, but they're very expensive as well, right? Um, what kind of impact can you, can the, let's just say I'm a new business and I want to reach out to a social media agency like yourselves and I want you guys to help grow my business. What impact can you give to, the, to that business to make it a success? I mean, the reality is for, if you're in hospitality now and you're not on social, you don't exist. How, impo- how important is social? Like, it's like, is it, you have to? That's critical. Uh, I'll stop you there. I agree and I disagree. So I've got some clients, when I say clients, I mean coffee clients that on the internet, on social media, they're non-existent, but they're doing over 90 kilos and they're turning over over 70K a week. Wow. Prime location... Oh. Or, or not, they're, they're just pumping old school food and that's what they're giving their audience, they know what their audience wants and they're giving it to them and people pay and they're, they're ticking the numbers. Mm. So social, absolutely, it's, there's merit in it, 
but at the same time, you can't beat word of mouth. Yeah. I think that depends on your business goals, right? If, if someone's opening a cafe in 2021 or 2022 with an old school mindset, unless you're in a prime location with high foot traffic, it's going to be very hard to have that approach. Like, I'm sure these guys are 15 year yeah, plus they're operators, experienced right? Operators. Yeah, they're so pioneers. They're, Correct. But at the same time, then I've seen old school operators jump on social and it hasn't really done much for them. It's mm. just obviously put them on a social map so they've got a bit more identity, a bit more weight, but they haven't, hasn't, like their sales aren't up yeah. because of it. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, there's, there's merit to having socials and then obviously, as the, the famous Gary Vee says, you, you marry the two, traditional marketing versus modern marketing. You know, word of mouth, social media. Yeah. What do you guys, um, I want to talk a bit more about what you guys can do for, for cafes and restaurants and, mm. and hospitality venues, but you spoke a little bit about these old school operators that, you know, don't have social media, sometimes get hit up by influencers and social media pages and they're like, piss off, we, you know, we're not interested. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I respect that. If, um, if that's their rule, I, I know some operators that then they're just not interested. They're like, we've got one rule, everyone comes in, pay, everyone gets treated with the same respect. And, and, and get lost. If it's a good meal, then yeah, you're happy to, to block it. But others, it, I mean, you've got to draw, draw that line, right? Because mm. people say, oh, is it an honest review? Um, when we're going through um, our journey, um, at first we were, we were giving reviews, we were rating, ranking, um, and then we reached a stage where we're like, we're just going to promote what we believe is good. I'm not, we're not going to give you detailed feedback. You can go there and experience it for yourself. There was a really, really good quote you used to say, we're, we're food, um, not food critics. Oh, we're food addicts, not food critics. Yeah, I love that. Correct. And, I, and I, think, I think that's the best way to go because at the end of the day, if you, have, if you have a bad experience, very rarely do, you, do I see that post on you guys, but generally you only post your positive experiences, right? Correct. Yeah. And there's plenty, of, there's plenty of platforms for that, Phil. Look at Google reviews, right? There are food journalists out there who spend their life writing articles on, I mean, they're generally, they're in the fine dining space, but they're starting to look at cafe spaces, right? So we didn't want to be those people who are, you know, you know we're polarizing, you love us or hate us. We, yeah, you yeah. know, we smash this cafe, but we love this cafe. We kept it generally quite positive. Um, we generally don't post about cafes we don't like um, if the food's horrible because we don't want to send you know, our, our audience yeah, here. Because they trust you. Correct. You've you got to be genuine. You've got to be genuine. And we do say if it's a paid promotion, we do make it clear it's a paid promotion to say our audience know that, hey, we're being paid for this. Yeah. But again, it's also good. We're not going to paid promote something we don't like. So you know, we turn down a lot of paid promotions as well. So cafes will offer money to do a shoot. Um, we'll have a discussion, the three of us, if we're not comfortable, we, we won't go ahead, even though there's money on the table. Well, speaking of that, we, we do have some criteria or standard. I mean, I judge based on the coffee machine, so if you've got a Uyghur or a rocket, then I'm not stepping foot in your cafe. I'm a bit of a snob like that. But based on like the colours, the interiors, your food, how it presents, um, reputation, and obviously it comes down to obviously the delivery of the food, if it's quality. Yeah, and you guys mentioned um, you get people reaching out saying, hey, we'll pay you to come try. What about, do a lot of people reach out and say, hey, try our free food, get food for free and, and post some photos? Are you happy to do that? Yeah, it was a journey, wasn't it? I mean, we, early on, that, that's what happened, Phil. So early on, when we started building the page, you know, 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers, a, a lot of Instagram influencers can attest to this. It was, oh, hey, love your page. We've got a cafe in X location in Sydney. Can you come down, free meal on us? We'd appreciate some photos. So we did a lot of that. Then when our audience grew big enough, we thought, okay, we've got a bit of a following, now we can start charging. Mm -hmm. So, and I think at that point, the industry did mature. 
I would say, yeah, I think the industry did mature. What do you think, Reps? For me, it's about building the relationships. I'm, I'm not your one-hit wonder. I'm not going to sell you a car and never see you again. Yeah. Mm. You know, I want to I want to come back. If you serve good coffee, I want to drink coffee. If you serve good food, I want to come back and have a good meal. I want to touch base, brainstorm ideas, bounce ideas. I mean, you know, that's partly how we met as well. You know, industry like-minded individuals, bouncing ideas, sharing our passions, our hobbies. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do get... On a daily, many requests. Uh, unfortunately, we have to turn we turn a lot of them down. Um, and we do actually we recommend them to other bloggers, which is a good little thing between the bloggers yeah. of the food industry. So we're like, hey, we, we can't do it, but we'd recommend Isaac. We'd recommend X. Yeah. Um, you know, leak your phone or whatever else. So what, what, what's your thoughts on Isaac? Sometimes he's pretty brutal when it comes to um, people. You know, account influencers buying fake followers because he this is his bread and butter. Like this is where he makes all his money through his, his social media business. But he's also very vocal when, when someone like someone buys a, a sets up an influencer account and then they just buy followers. He calls them out. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, we big, love we love Isaac. We do. <laughs> big, big respect. Big shout out to Isaac. I mean, it's um, it's amazing to see to like we, we were there from the beginning. Him and I, um, we we sort of journeyed along the way. Um, we obviously collaborate. Um, uh, on certain gigs, um, but he's got every right to do so. And there's, there's so many, like we, we know with all the bots and all the fake followers and so there's so many scammers out there. So, I mean, someone has to do it and it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, good on him, I give him credit. Like I couldn't do that, but I give him credit because he's yeah. just like, he's, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, it's, he calls it fraud, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, you're, you're lying to these people to get money out of him, so. I agree. And we can proudly say all of our followers are human beings, right? Yeah. They're people in Sydney who love breakfast, brunch, coffee. Yeah. So I'm not a fan at all. I think it's very disingenuous to buy fake followers. And you can tell very quickly, we were talking about this earlier, Phil, you can tell very quickly if someone's bought followers by looking at their engagement, by looking how many posts they have, sure. how long their, their page has been active for. Yeah. So yeah, I think people want a quick win on social, but you know, social media users, don't insult them. They're not stupid, right? They know the difference between a you know, genuine page and an ungenuine page. Well, number, numbers do talk. If, if there's a new cafe that pops up and you click on it and it's got 10,000 followers, you're gonna think, oh, there's a bit of, there's a bit of, you know, there's yeah. a bit of credibility there. But at the same time, having 50,000 followers on Instagram for a cafe doesn't convert to being a full house turning over $100,000 a week. So, I mean, there's a, there's a Fine line you need to draw. What, what, so going back to that kind of question where we asked the impact and the, like if I wanted to bring you guys in to, be, to look after my social media, what value do you bring? So this is essentially a plug for yourselves, you know, for anyone listening, because most of the people that listen to this, mm. all the eight listeners that we have. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, it was nine. No, no, no. I just sent out five messages. <laughs> we want all their business. No. I so, so what, like, I mean, I know the value. Again, I've seen, I think it was a pancake shot you guys did. It went pretty crazy. Mm. Um, what, what value can you bring to a business from a social media point of view? For me, content's king, right? It's all about the image and then the, the message that, that fo follows through. And just understanding your audience. So... Um, I guess uh, one page that I can look at is uh, Preach Cafe in Bonai Beach. So um, we manage their socials and for a long time we sort of understood the audience. Um, a lot of tourists, a lot of backpackers, a lot of um, people from the suburbs trekking to the beach. Um, so we knew what strategies, what posts, what, um, and we worked with the chef, with the owner to sort of 
create a menu, something that was appealing and enticing to sort of draw the crowds. Um, and even if you take Preach, who's one of our clients, look at where it's located, Bondi Beach, right? The most iconic beach arguably in the world. So we incorporate a lot of lifestyle photography in between the food content. Perfect. Because when you go to Bondi, it's not just going to be, you know, generally it's not just going to be breakfast, brunch, coffee. You're going to go for a walk on the beach. So, you know, the, whether it was a rock pool, South Bondi, North Bondi, um, you know, some of the local shops, we do that as well. One thing I bring to the table is, would, one thing we bring to the table is strategy, right? So I like to sit down with owners and operators and say, what is your goal with this cafe? Are you, do you want to sell in two years' time? Do you want to build um, a loyal following? Do you, want to, do you just want to use Instagram for sales, right? Because all of that needs a different strategy on content-wise. It's not just pretty photos with, of smashed avo and, and you know, latte art. Um, it depends on your goals and we build a strategy around that. Do you want to, be, do you want to become a hospitality heavyweight? Do we need to incorporate you throughout the socials in between the food? Um, are you a people person? Do we show a lot of your customers? Um, Preach, the owner, likes very clean photography, so we're running with that. So uh, we like to marry our social media strategy with your commercial goals as an owner-operator. What are they? We like to understand that. And we're meant to complement it. We're not the business, right? We're complementing your business. We're trying to showcase different elements of it. So I think that's very, very important. It's very well explained. That's, that's a perfect way to explain it. And sitting down and understanding shows you genuinely care because at the end of the day, you can go in, charge a final bucks, take some photos. Um, what, what, if, if someone can't afford social media management, um, what advice would you give them to set up their own account, to set up, to look after their socials? It's a great question, Robbie. You've got to obviously create good content, right? Content is king. So you've got to be creative and clever. Um, you can't, you need to stand out from the crowd. So identify what, identify what your sort of, what you want to be known for. What's, what's, your, what's your identity? What, why, why am I going to drive out to, to Richmond? Or why am I going to drive out to, to Cronulla? Or to Penrith. Or to Penrith, exactly. <laughs> where, where else would you want to be? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there, there has to be, uh, a draw card. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and then you need to sort of build a community. Very important. I mean, it goes back to, I'm sure, like with your family um, business, with the milk bars, um, same with my parents. It's all about sense of community, building that sort of that, that loyal, trusted community. Um, and then obviously communicate, listen, be, be receptive to feedback and, and take it on board and give them what they want. It's as simple as that. But be active on social media, engage, interact, and just... Spread the love. What, what shouldn't people do on social media if they've got a business page? <laughs> I mean, this is, got smiles this is... Right, Rabi's got very strong views on this, right? I'll get mine in before he speaks because I think he's going to insult a few people <laughs> in the industry, um, indirectly. Um, look, you know, I work in marketing, so I've seen a shift over the last five to eight years. Early on, it was all about being formal on social, right? Put the menu up, put the cafe owner... You know, nothing, nothing personal. You know, the business pages are for business content, the personal pages are for personal content. Think of the rise of Gary Vee, who talks very openly about his life and his journey and his family's migration. Um, someone as prominent as that has really opened up a whole new conversation around. People want to see the process. He always bangs on about the process, which is important. The process is huge, yeah. Exactly, right? So people see Phil from Percy Plunkett, you know, a, a buzzing cafe, it's pumping on the weekends. He's making a shit ton of money. They don't know what you went through at the start. So why don't you showcase that? Which I'm a fan of as well. So, so five to eight years ago, it was keep it formal. Mm -hmm. Now to be raw is to be formal. 
So try and be as real as possible. Be honest. Um, show your mistakes. I mean, you don't want to show a dirty kitchen. Not to that extent. That's of probably course. something you shouldn't do. Um, but you can show a mistake. You can take the mickey out of your staff. I think personalizing your staff because people are coming to a cafe. They're not coming to a tax agent. You know, it's not a formal transaction. It's a social business. So generally speaking, we found if customers have a relationship with the barista and they've got three cafes to choose from, they're going to go to that cafe that they know the barista's name. Hey, how are you? How's work? What's, you know, how's the family? It's natural. We're human. Think of human psychology. So yeah, I think definitely it should be business focused, but where you can add humor, inject personality, personality driven content is very important. Um, you know, shout out to 1943, um, Jamil, he's got an agency. He, not, their socials are so funny. Oh, incredible. So good. And, and it feels like when you're, when you're watching the stories, you know, you know, Sal's personality, you know, Hustle's personality, you know, the Brewster's personality. So when you go there, you can, there's a bit of a connection, but because they're not robots. Again, cafes, hospitality, it's a social industry. So I think you need to bring that out in your content. Ravi. <laughs> looks, how, how serious does it look? Painted picture. I was sweating. He <laughs> was, uh, was about to break the cup no, as I was I, speaking. Go ahead, I, I'm, I'm happy with that eloquent response. Are you happy with that? No, I just think uh, essentially it comes down to, like what Mo said earlier, what, what's, what's the, the business objective? Mm. Is it to build your personal profile and to be on national TV and be all over the magazine and newspaper covers? Or is it to put... Like to bring people in, give them good, honest food and carry on with your life, you know? So, I mean, like a lot of cafe owners sort of, they get carried away um, with the hype, with the reputation. And it is, it is. And it strokes a lot of egos. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to know what you get up to behind the scenes, but let it be business related. Like you look at, for example, I love Ramsey from the grounds. For many years, people didn't know who he was. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's on socials. But you look at his social media, even his personal social media, it's predominantly about his business, Focus inspiration, business. exactly. So, and if you want a, a personal one, then keep it private and do your thing. I mean, each to their own, it's your own prerogative. But I'm saying from a business point of view, it can be seen unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then at the end of the day, if you plan to sell the business, what happens to, to you in that business? It becomes a lot harder, yeah. yeah. And, and I love the fact that you touched on the fact that, you know, you know, with Preach, you add um, the beach in some of their posts. Same thing with this. Like, you can add a bit of personal touch to it, but don't go overboard where you're posting about your whole weekend away. Correct. You know, so... I mean, some people do it really well, but mm-hmm. that's just their business. That's who they are. But you do see that a lot. I think you do it well. Shout out to you as well, Phil. Like, when you're... You know, I, I watch you from afar on social when, you're t- when you take a team out for a Christmas lunch, right? Or, a, you know, you're taking all your stuff out for a picnic, or bowling or whatever it is, that's fine to be, in my opinion, on the Percy Plunker Instagram page. Yeah. But if you're out Friday night drinks or wherever, somewhere on the weekend, personal with your family, and that's on the page, it's kind of like, hey, I'm following you for the cafe yeah. and the people, not really what you get up to on a Friday, Saturday night. So I think you need to draw a line. As Ribi said, each to their own. We're not you know, bagging out anyone individually. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I think they're both great answers. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the bird. If they want to do that, that's great. But like you said, from a business point of view, it's probably not the best strategy. Mm-hmm. You, want to, you want to mention? <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about venues and how they do things, what, how, how do you guys see the state of hospitality right now? Like, I mean, let's just say pre-COVID, because obviously it's a whole different world now. We'll talk about COVID in a second. But w- where do you see 
the industry going? And how, or sorry, where, how do you see it now and where do you see it going? The culture's changed from when we started. Um, I mean, when I got into the industry seven, eight years ago, um, everyone was just doing their own thing, just trying to earn a dollar, um, gain a bit of awareness, publicity, just put bums on seats. Now I feel like there's been a massive shift where it's a nice, happy community um, and everyone wants to network and mingle and brainstorm ideas and collaborate and, and just do pop-ups and whatnot. I mean, it, it's quite healthy and I, I feel like the industry's thriving. So do you, um, do you think that in 2013, 14, when you guys started, it was completely different? I feel like it was, yeah. Well, A, there weren't as many operators, so there was... The, 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 the institutes were the institutes and they're well, well known. What were the, the time, Ravi, in 2014? Uh, the top, top five roughly would have been what? Well, I mean, you had your bills, you had your indigo. If you look at demographics, mm. um, you know, you had your West Juliet in Marrickville, you had your um, Coffee Alchemy, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, a, a lot of the bigger guys were bought out um, and people did, lost connection with the owners. Um, and there was no sense of community and then people just followed people and they went and supported the small guy. And they're all about, you know, boutique, family-run cafe owners um, or bakeries or coffee shops. Well, um, you, you, do you find now the, like you said, people, I, I felt it because I know when I was reaching out for people for help, so many people, you know, again, you shout out to the people like Goodfields and Blackwood Pantry and place like that that were happy to open their doors and show you how they do things. Do you think that's do you think that's how it is right now? Absolutely. I mean time is of essence, right? And it's the greatest commodity that anyone can give far superior than than um, any any money or um, so I mean if if someone like for example Daniel from Blackwood is willing to give you an hour or two or come out and see you or have a chat over the phone and give you impartial advice then I mean that's that, that speaks volumes about the, the, the person's character and, and you know and the, and the love you get so many operators that are that are so open and, and so giving and, and, and loving and it's refreshing to see yeah it's so beautiful and, and I think for me you know I, the reason why a lot of these people are happy to give advice is because they know how hard the struggle is and they want to help and support other businesses mm. I mean someone opens up next door you're probably not going to you're going to be big guy, <laughs> yeah. you know but, I, but at the end of the day like you mentioned Daniel from Blackwood you know Daniel and Rob Massive part of our reason why Percy is successful, you know. Um, what what makes a great a great hospitality venue? Well, let's go back one step, and this is just a, a disclaimer to everyone who thinks they can open a cafe. There's a reason why we haven't gone down that path yet. It's and Phil, you would know, and I'm sure all the other listeners would know. It's hard work. It's mm -hmm. a lot of dedicated effort hours, you basically lose a chunk of your life, you know, and how important is it with culture to build a strong culture? Massive, it's everything. And you see, I get so many phone calls on a, on a, on a weekly basis, hey, I want to open a cafe, what do you think? It's like, dude, just stick to your careers. It, like, unless you're passionate, unless you know how to poach an egg, or unless you know how to, you, you, you know how to, you know, make coffee, or you're going to employ the right people. Like, I've seen cafe owners spend a fortune filling out a cafe and it's stunning but staff just don't marry and it just doesn't blend well and then that just goes down to shambles so and those guys are after money right because they're just seeing cafes buzzing on the weekend they're like oh this is a money maker let's jump on this bandwagon yeah. and i think to Robbie's point what covid did um you know i think it was a blessing and a curse in many ways covid really separated the 
you know, the institutes from the bandwagoners. So the guys who were really in it, who were passionate about it and the money came later, survived and actually thrived. But the bandwagoners struggled, they sold. Uh, Rabi got a lot of calls, I know, during the period saying, hey, I'm trying to sell or shut shop. Obviously, things out of their control, if they're in the city or the CBD, very hard, totally understand. But it did separate guys who were really in it for the passion and the craft, as opposed to, oh, I went to this cafe over the weekend, it's killing it. I'm, I've got a bit of capital, I'm going to open one up and you know, I'll get the same amount of money. That's not always the case. You know firsthand. Um, I remember there was one experience where we had the quietest morning we'd ever have on a Saturday or a Sunday. And then I think it was a two-hour period where we were busy of an eight-hour or ten-hour day on a Sunday where you're paying premium rates. And I remember someone came up to me at the peak of that, of that day and said, you guys must be killing it. <laughs> and he didn't know that I was, I'm devastated at how quiet we are. And I think that's the thing. From the outside, it always looks a lot, you know. Glamorous. Yeah, the grass always greener. Instagram versus reality, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so what... <laughs> So, what scares, so does that, is that what scares you, people like that coming from corporate saying we want to open a cafe? Are they, are they the ones the ones that are selling their businesses or aren't surviving past the one-year mark? Is that because they've come in blind and they don't know what they're getting themselves into? Absolutely. I know people that have left their trade from being, like, having a successful um, construction company or, or going from being an accountant thinking that they know numbers, but it's actually getting your hands in dirty and, and jumping on the other side. It's a completely different ballgame. Um, I mean, we, we've worked the floor at various cafes, so we do understand from that side. But, I mean, as, a, as an owner and operator, you, you know the challenges and the, the daily struggles from staff to suppliers, you know, to, to bring customers in, to managing the, the entire operation. It's, it's not an easy task. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, I remember it was 11.30 at night, and I was thinking about something that wasn't really relevant at that time. I think about my business 24-7. <laughs> and you're right, like, it's, a, it's an obsession. Like, it's a, it's a passion it has to be, you know. Mm. Um, you know, you're, you've obviously explained what makes a great hospitality venue. What's, um, if you can both give me three of your best venues that you think right now in Sydney, what are they? Well, you can name one, I'll name two. Uh, I think, you know, Goodfields in Linfield is an institution. What, what make, oh, we've obviously had Anthony on the, on the podcast. What yeah. makes him so good? I think the moment you walk in, like I, I've been there with friends, I've been there with my wife and my daughter, I've been there with, you know, family, you just feel welcome. There, there is, it's ironic, it is a big venue for a cafe size, you feel like it's a home venue in a way, um, whether it's George or Anthony or their mum who greets you, you feel very warm and welcome. The food is banging, I mean it's always delivering, uh, the menu's constantly changing, uh, not in a bad way, um, I think they have their staple items. Um, atmosphere is incredible. The staff, I've never met more attentive staff at any other venue. I've been in a lot of places. Um, and not annoying attentive. You know, the moment you sit down, it's yeah. like, what do you want? Like, dude, give me five minutes to read uh, the menu. It's, it's smooth. Very smooth, very subtle, very, you know, if you need anything, I'm over here. Let me know when you're ready to go. And literally, you lift your head up and they're, they're walking over. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's not a, I hate going to a venue where you're sitting there waiting for, you know, trying to signal like you're in school to get the teacher's well, some attention. Some people get it and some people don't. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. And you can't teach that. They have that peripheral, they have that awareness. Correct. And they just, they understand. Correct. Um, but stemming from what Mo said... So what I else would you say about good um, films? Though? I mean, what do, you, what do you like I about I mean, they're them? just genuine humans. They, they care. Um, they're, they're great people. Mm. They're, they're invested in the business. Um, and they have a very good product. And everything they have touched turns to gold. Like, yeah. all their venues. And it's yeah. not a fluke. Like, they've shown that hey, this is what we can do, we can do it over and over. And they're so humble about it as well. So. Totally. And like they're all the way in Linfield and a lot of people we know, they're like, sorry, where? Mm. But then they put it in the map and then you realise like 
Ever since we connected with Anthony, he sends messages saying, dude, there's guys with beads here, there's like wogs coming in. So what, what's, what's the story? I said, he's all good. Well, I'll, I'll text Anthony half an hour before saying, hey, expect a few yeah, Arabs yeah. to come in. <laughs> Give him a Western, warning. Western Sydney's heading north. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when, when, you, when, I, when I think of um, great operators, great venues, I look at, um, obviously, uh, Blackwood Pantry. Um, Vine and Grind's another one. Lisa and Argy. I, I want to get, get them on the podcast because they're, they're a great job. So unassuming, underrated. They're, they're, they're very good operators. And they, they, they understand uh, business very well. And they understand where, like, back to what you were saying, what, what makes a, a venue great? Obviously, know where you're going. I, I mean, you wouldn't, for example, in Penrith, you wouldn't open a cafe and put ramen and sausage rolls on a menu. Mm. You know, it just doesn't work. Um, you see so many cafes that just do the most unorthodox uh, menus and just like, that's not what the audience wants. Mm. Like I, I know a cafe in particular who has tried to change a menu within six months of opening four times. They just, they can't get it right. Yeah. Are they trying to please everyone? Possibly. And they're, 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 but the thing is you can't have four chefs in the kitchen. You have, then there's a reason why they're given titles. There's a respect, there's a, sure. you know, there's a hierarchy. Mm. So, same with baristas. Every barista wants to come in thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it my way. I'm going to dial in. I'm going to run coffee the way I like it. It's not. You've got to give the people what they want. Simple as that. I think you forgot uh, Phil Halani from Penrith. Oh, Phil Halani, yeah, absolutely. Nah, we're still, we're still <laughs> we're in Penrith. People forget Penrith in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, our new slogan's Penrith. Where else? <laughs> so, but what, so, I mean, any other venues that you think yeah, of? Bar Indigo, Bills, I mean, they're staples, right? Well, I mean, everyone talks about the grounds. Yeah, the yeah, grounds. Well, what what yeah. do the grounds do for, for cafes in all around the world? I mean, look, I, I, I moved to Turkey for work for two and a half years. I lived there. And people who knew coffee in Turkey, Turks who lived in Turkey, some of them never been to Australia, knew about the grounds. So kudos to Ramsey and his team. They literally put Australian coffee culture on the map. Um, shout out to Bills as well. In Tokyo, there's plenty of Bills across Japan widely, just outside of the city. So shout out to him as well. Bills, one of the guys, is his dream guest to get on the podcast. Like, oh, mate. We, Bill, Bill if you're listening, please come on. <laughs> Bill, if you're one of the eight listeners. <laughs> you don't have to drive out to Penrith like we did. Phil will come to you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess when, think, when, you, when you look back at when the grounds uh, first established, 2012, mm. right? You look at... The zone, Alexandria, from Waterloo, Epping, uh, sorry, Everly, Erskineville, St. Peter's, like it was ghost town. Um, and then now all of a sudden, all the big boys are around. He just, I mean, you can call it luck, you can call it perseverance. Obviously, Ramsey's got grit. He had some idea of what he's doing, and now you look at him and everyone wants a, a part of his success. Everyone wants a piece of the grounds. So, talk of the world basically when it comes to cafes. So. Well, it goes to so, Mohammed, you're in Turkey and they're talking about it, you know. Yeah, and exactly. It's credit to them. Like, it's, it's very impressive. And, and I did read as well, it's one of the most, it's the second most visited site in Sydney for tourists in 2019. Wow. So they'll go to the Opera House, right? Look that, at the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. Second site is the grounds of Alexandria. So imagine setting that up and knowing that tourists come to this country to visit your institute, your site. I mean, kudos to, to them. Very yeah. impressive. It that, is. That, to it be is. the second most Instagram site after the Opera House is, is pretty amazing. It you is. Know? So yeah. what, what's, your, what's your views on, 
I mean, now social media exposes people pretty quickly if they're trying to copy or look, you know, do, do what others are trying to do. Very hard to be authentic, right? You know, for us, it's very hard to constantly create new items that haven't been done before. Obviously, recreating a classic, changing bits and pieces. What You guys are in the industry, you see it every day. What's your thoughts on that? Do you, you see a lot of copycats? We've, we've had issues in the past um, promoting certain dishes and then getting attention from other cafes. So, for example, we went out to Bondi um, and we took a photo of this, for example, it was a, a sweet dish. Um, and this lady started uh, this, this French toast company and she approached us saying, please take it down. And we, we sort of, we got in the middle, we, we were caught up in a, in a crossfire. Uh, but I guess you see all the time, copycats, imitators. I mean, Picasso says it, you know. <laughs> great, great artist, you know, copy. Also, uh, how uh, does it go? It goes, it goes good, good artists copy, great artists steal. I mean, at the end of the day, I have this uh, discussion with a lot of cafe owners. You're selling smashed avocado and acai bowls. Or you're selling porridge and pancakes. You're not selling, you know, we're in the same game. Mm-hmm. But, like, there needs to be respect. If someone's going to plate the certain way, someone's going to put certain elements or ingredients, have the courtesy, the decency not to imitate and replicate, you know, photo for photo or ingredient for ingredient. Yeah, for so sure. there needs to be that fine line. And I think owners and operators, I mean, I, I, I'm not one, so I can't speak to it. But I would also advise not to get too precious about your menu. Unless you've got um, trademark or some sort of legal recourse, you can't really do anything. It's a shame. You'll, you'll create a cracking dish, a sensational dish. Um, another owner-operator might come to a cafe, try it and think, wow, I need this at my venue. They set it up. What, what are you going to do? I mean, send them an, a, a rude message on Instagram. Are they going to remove that dish from their menu if it's doing well for them? Probably not. I agree morally it's probably wrong. But again, legally, you probably can't do anything. So I think don't get too precious. If anything, use that to innovate. You know, have a discussion with your chef. Say, look, what else can we do? Where, how are we changing it up for autumn? Look at all the seasons. In hindsight, I mean, I mean, it's a good thing if someone imitates you. To, for sure, yeah. yeah I mean, it's a badge of honour. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I always look at, like, our biggest sellers are usually, you know, pre, you know the eggs benny, smashed avo, and eggs on toast. So I think it's, it's more, it's not just about the food, it's the experience, the service, the, you know. So, but I, I have seen a lot of issues where people were like, they call each other out, yeah, or they, yeah. you know, it can get quite messy. At the end of the day, you're dealing with someone's business, essentially. You know? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. What, how did you guys see um, hospitality venues handle COVID? Is there anyone in particular you've seen that you thought they've done really well? Is there anyone that you thought, like, you obviously don't mention any names at the back. Like, obviously, some people just wanted to close their doors and wait until you reopen, and some people were doing some crazy things. Is there anyone in particular you think that really, like, stood out and did some special stuff during COVID? I mean, a lot of bakeries um, I saw really stand out because um, I feel like no matter what happens to the economy, what happens to the world, people still need their coffee and the staple food, which is bread mm. and, and, and croissants and your pastries. So, I mean, I, I saw a lot of pastries, pastry cafes and, and bread bakeries really shoot up. Um, but, I mean, you look at the suburbs, a lot of cafes sort of went right back um, to basics and just... We're selling merchandise. We're selling a lot of the stock that they they supply. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think for uh, COVID was interesting, right? I mean, shout out to everyone in the industry for surviving. It's been very hard. We even from a agency point of view, obviously offered months where we didn't even charge our clients because we're awesome. conscious of how difficult it was, right? I mean, for us, this wasn't our full time gig. So we empathise because we have a lot of friends in the industry and like, mate, don't even worry about it. Like. 
pay us last, pay your staff for goodness sake. You know, it was really difficult. That's beautiful, man. Well yeah. done. That's, that's, it shows oh, like... it's the least we could do, right? It's not much, but, you know, we'd be dickheads, to be honest, if you were like, you know, you haven't paid your bill. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we, you know, that, that was nice of us. But um, I need to give a shout-out to Jimmy Velasak from Fork and Spoon in Meadowbank. I mean, that's my local. And what I saw him do, and a lot of cafes did this, you went from being a cafe to, you know, I think the month of March 2020 was very uncertain, yeah. right? And then he turned it into a mini market, right? Where he was selling bread and coffee beans and pasta and any way to survive, right? Then he, you know, he tried to keep all of his staff uh, hired. So he reduced shifts, but made sure everyone got a shift where he could. So, I mean, people like that, you, you got to respect, right? He's struggling himself. He's conscious that he's got staff. He tr did his best to, best to take care of them during difficult circumstances. So people like that have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Phil, you would know, number one rule to business, you've got to be adaptable and flexible. And that's what COVID taught. You could have the best idea, the best strategy in place, but if you don't have plan B, plan C, it could all fall yeah. to shambles. And that so. word adapt and, and diversify and change, like that were, that were key words used during the whole of COVID, right? And mm. you're right. If you don't that's adapt, innovate. You, innovate. If sorry, not, yeah. you're going to fall flat on your face. 100%, yeah. Talking about innovating, you guys are... You know, a massive following on Instagram. I notice your, um, is it your TikTok that's quite getting quite popular now? Mm. Is how hard is it staying relevant? Because at the end of the day, like, there's, there's Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. How are you staying relevant for your for your customers, for your clients? I think every. So we look at. I mean, we look at every social media platform with to marry an industry. So the hospitality industry, so cafes, restaurants. Instagram is a natural platform that works with that, right? Not, not necessarily Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook for that in that sense because Instagram is a visual medium. Can't, you know, enter TikTok in 2016, didn't really take off. Because of COVID, it's taken off globally. Um, and they have music rights to a lot of catchy songs, which is really done really well. Instagram comes and introduces reels, right? So they're trying to match it. So we, it keeps us on our toes, which is great, because a lot of our clients and cafe owner friends ask us, like, should we be on TikTok? Um, it's still new territory. We're testing the waters. We've set up our TikTok page. It's doing quite well. Um, food porn, as the expression goes, does pretty well. So beautiful food, whether it's a, a pour on pancakes or, you know, an egg break of poached eggs with some nice music does really well. But you have to constantly keep your finger on the pulse. And sometimes things won't always work. I hazard a guess to say that if you own a cafe in 2021, you don't necessarily need a website. Again, it depends on your business goals. If there's a booking mechanism on your website, sure. Guess what? Instagram introduced Instagram shopping. So you can have a photo of four menu items on your table, click on that photo, and the, the price of the, the items come yeah, up. Yeah. So Instagram's trying to keep you in their ecosystem. Every social media platform wants to keep you in their ecosystem. They're saying, don't go to a website, shop on Instagram, because we have Instagram shopping now. Don't go to TikTok, we have Reels. So it's tricky, I totally get it as a cafe owner. It's really, really hard. But I think, yeah, turn to people you trust in the marketing space. Yeah. Back to what uh, Mo was saying, uh, I guess it, you've got to identify who you want to target and define your why. So for example, another friend of ours who did very well is Barry at Sneaky's Kitchen in Homebush. Um, he's just shot up, his whole business is built on TikTok. Another one is, is um, Chebo, Chebo um, Burgers. Chebo Burgers, uh, yeah. Incredible, just through TikTok. So um, made a few videos and 
basically understood what his audience want, built built a story, and all his content is relevant. Yeah. And it, it, there's a reason. It's like okay, for example, I set up. Uh, Mary had a little lamb. What, why am I going to follow it? What, what benefit is it to me? What, what, what are you going to provide what, what me? What value? Do yeah, you what bring? value are you going to bring? So, I mean, every business needs to identify where's their audience and what, what are you going to give them? Hmm. And, and what do you think? You know, I asked Isaac the same question as well. What do you guys think when it comes to in 10 years' time, you know, back in that we look at MySpace and all these other platforms that have died, Facebook are very smart in the way they do things, same as Instagram. Hmm. What do you see social media in 10 years' time? You know what, if anyone answered that question definitively, they'd be lying because we don't know, yeah. right? I mean, who thought that Instagram would blow up like it did? Who thought that Snapchat would blow up like it did? Look at TikTok. Um, I know definitely AI is going to be a big part of social media, artificial intelligence. So uh, I know the big supermarkets are trialing this, so Coles and Woolies. They're looking at your lunchtime habits as a consumer. So people who work... Uh, in a building, an office, near a Coles or Woolies, go there to pick up a sandwich or a salad. Um, their cameras are monitoring your behaviour. So you come, you go to work on a Wednesday, you generally pick up a chicken salad on a Wednesday. Let's make sure we're stocked up on chicken salads in the aisle. It's crazy. Incredible. So that's on, that's on a retail level. I think cafes would be the same. It, once the, I mean, that's very expensive. Cafe owners don't have the money of Coles and Woolies, totally understand. But eventually, when you know new AI companies pop up, It'll get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, more affordable for cafe owners to say, okay, um, I have a big lunchtime rush on a Thursday. Why? Where are these guys coming from? What do they normally order? I need to make sure I've got extra eggs bennies ready to go, right? So I think AI is something that every operator needs to look at, especially with social. And so that's, there's one element of AI with your business, AI with your audience as well. So Phil, in 10 years' time, and I'm sure you're still going to be in the game because you're passionate about it, you're going to understand your audience unlike any other. And it's going to be creepy in a way, but you're going to know that when Sarah and Jess come from, you know, Parramatta, drive all the way to Penrith, you know, 20, 25 minutes, you're going to know what they're after on a Sunday morning, for example, right? It's pretty freaky. Yeah. And it's good. It helps you plan. You can prepare the kitchen. You know what to, you know what to put on a Sunday morning two hours before they're making a decision because that's going to incentivize them. So I think artificial intelligence is something we need to look at and really start to understand because it will help you understand your audience and your customers. But then that goes back to, I mean, we were talking about social media. So one thing that we're um, working on and it's been a, something that we've been looking at for a long time is an, an app. So Brunch Crawler app. Basically to drive our audience from social media onto this app. Essentially it's a brunch directory. So I open it up, um, it detects your location and it pops up with five um, five basically cafes that are nearby that we recommend mm -hmm. um, by us. So, I mean, I, I agree and I disagree about the website. I think every cafe um, that has a menu and is, is sort of transparent with their menu should advertise because yeah. a lot of inquiries we get um, is can we see the menu or what are the prices, what's the price of that dish? So, I mean, there's nothing to really hide or be discreet about. So, um, you, you can't be obviously Facebook marketing, Google Google ads. I mean, from a from a business point of view, um, social media plays a massive role. But when you when you tie in the sort of um, the online with the offline, um, yeah, I think that's very important as well. I mean, there's a cafe in um, Hunters Hill. The two brothers, Dashound, Dashound. So during COVID, they introduced the virtual menus, 
which are really cool because people don't want to touch a physical menu. Um, and you would go and, it's funny, you'd go with a group and you'd use a QR code to look at the visual menu and the prices would be there, which is great. So it saves me, because I go to a lot of cafes and I end up looking at their Instagram page. Yeah. So I'll look at both. I'll look at the menu to look at what ingredients are there. I want to see how it looks visually. Is this something visually I'd like to eat? Yeah. And also Instagram, people forget that. You, 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 know, you want to make sure- digital menu. Correct, the digital menu, a visual menu. So you want to make sure your dishes are great to eat, but do they look great to post? Because a cafe is also a marketing machine. You have to look at it that way. I know some cafes that literally use Instagram to post, for example, their daily specials. It works. You know, it or does. their daily menu. I know, for example, Dalo sandwiches that, that pumps out close to 500 sandwiches a day, wow. literally put up their five sandwiches for the day and people flock. It's like, oh, well, I'll look at it and say, oh, no, I, I don't feel like um, the beef brisket today, so I'm not going there today. So it's a, basically almost like a live menu so you can plan your day, plan yeah. your week, etc. And, and a little hack as well is Rabi was saying content is king. I think context is king because, and you know this, Phil, if it's a rainy day, you're having a bad day at the cafe. You're not going to post an acai bowl. Correct, right? So be contextual, weather, day of the week, weekend versus weekday. Are you near an office block? Are you in a residential area? Because of residential, a lot of residential cafes, suburban cafes, did really well in COVID because people who normally work in the city are working from home. They still need their caffeine fix. They still need lunch, so they're popping out. But what are you posting? Are, they, are you working off the weather? Are you working off their feelings? AI will make that more easier. For the time being, though, you know, use your intuition yeah, for sure. and, and work off that. So context is very important. And you see people doing that more now. Hot days, they're posting iced coffee, you know, photos, yeah. things like that. So I think people are jerrying onto that a lot more now mm. these days. So you spoke a little bit, um, Ravi, about the, the app that you guys are looking at launching. What, what's next, other than the app and things like that, what's next for Brunch Crawler? And what do you guys want to achieve? Like, what's, if I said in 10 years' time, where's Brunch Crawler going to be? Well, a big shout-out to our audience. Um, we wouldn't be where we are, who we are without our, our followers. I mean, we get constant DMs, um, comments, uh, emails from our audience telling us what they want to see or what we're doing and what they like and whatnot. Um, I mean, they've sort of navigated us to sort of get on the ball with the, with the app. Um, we get asked all the time, are we going to go down the path of a cafe? Um, whether we do go down the, the brick and water um, line, we're not sure about that. Uh, why, why aren't you sure about that? Well, I mean, you it, can be honest, right? Well, it requires a lot of commitment, mm. right? And I mean, I heard this from a very good operator. He said, why compete with McDonald's, right, when you can sell them the burger buns? Mm. So it's almost like... What does that mean, Robbie? Explain that. I so mean, to me, it's like, well... There's other ways to make money. You don't necessarily have to open up a bricks and mortar cafe, right? If that's your goal, if your goal is to make money, right? There's other ways well, you I can mean, supply. My, my passion right now is, is to service the industry and that's being on this side of where we are right now. To actually go behind the bar or in the kitchen, it's not right now where, my, where, where our passion lies. I mean, we're, we're all committed. Um, we all have our own sort of 
uh, ambitions. Uh, it's not something that sort of. It's very, it's very important that you guys have identified that because mm -hmm. you guys, you guys have been in the industry. You've seen a lot of the, a lot of the good, good and bad. So it's very important. You know the commitment it takes, the obsession, yeah. the, you know the passion it need, it's needed. So, let me ask you something. This is something where you get a lot of people saying, "Oh, what do you guys know about the industry?" You know, in general, like hospitality operators saying, "Oh, you guys are influencers." What do you say to that? Like a lot of people, I know the value you, people like you bring to the business, and this mm. is why I'm so big on it. This is why I want to have you on the podcast. But what's your view on that? I think, uh, th I think that opinion is valid, absolutely, because for every one good influencer, there's 10 losers out there who walk in with a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Um, they walk in, uh, if they don't have a bad experience, they rubbish the cafe, that cafe might be having a bad day, that staff might be having a bad day, God knows what's happening at home you know, in their personal situation. So I totally understand when cafe owners have issues with influencers. I think we should be more transparent as influencers um, we know who we respect in the industry. Um, be open about your rates, how much you charge. Be open if you're going there just to eat or to blog. I think that's another point of distinction. Um, I, you know, I, don't, I can't imagine myself being an owner-operator, having to deal with 50 things going on at the cafe and knowing that there's an influencer in the corner and thinking, crap, are they blogging? Are, they, are we going to get a bad review, shit review? Are they just here personal, personally to have brunch with, with a mate? What's going on? So I think... Transparency is key, um, and being open and honest with you know with the industry is important. Um, that, I that's guess, what I'd say. I guess my one thing that's did to me is, is relationships, right, and building strong networks with people, because um, essentially most owners and operators are either family family people. You know, they've they've, they've got a They've got a bit. They've got a purpose, and mm. to be to be part of that success, or to be to, to sort of, for example, if there's been numerous occasions that we'll brainstorm ideas with certain operators and owners, and then to see them come to fruition and, and kick goals, it's sort of, it, it, you know, it's it's, it's refreshing. Yeah, it's yeah. quite special. And then, or to see you promote a dish, and then and then the owner calls you saying, "Dude, we did 200 covers over the weekend. Thank you so much." Like. You know, you can, you can justify those certain things. So, yeah. I mean, as Mo said, every, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But for, for us, it's about the relationship, obviously the trust, and then just being able to work with each other. Um, and we, we, we know what we're capable of. We, we know what we can, we can deliver. So we don't sit there with a portfolio saying, hey, I'm going to promise you the world, yeah. and then come through with nothing. Because so. you can only do so much, and then it's up to the business. That's the reality. Well, exactly. We, we do guarantee one thing, bums on seats, the rest is up to you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're not going to sit there telling you this is how you should post the egg, this is how you should de deliver the coffee. No, the service, everything else is, is on you. So. Yeah. And, we, and we do have a very uh, niche audience feel. So people generally who follow Brunch Caller, because we've, we've broken down the numbers, they're not nighttime dining type of people. Obviously, people go out and eat at night. But, so we've been approached by, um, this, was, this happened about a year ago before COVID, a really high-end high fine dining restaurant in the city offered a re some really good money to do a post. And we had a meeting, the three of us, and we said, it's, it's, a, it's dinner, it's nighttime. We're breakfast and brunch. It doesn't it, match our yeah. There's our no block. alignment, there's no alignment, right? Even though the money's great, and maybe five years ago we would have taken it because yeah. we were naive. But now, as Raby said, we have a bit of a reputation, people respect us, we respect them. We don't want to be disingenuous to our audience. Yeah, so we politely decline. And you know what we do? We refer them to a nighttime blogger. 
I love that. So, it goes to show your values and morals and what you're about. Like you genuinely mm. care about your clients, regardless if they are your paying clients or they're just people you've met. So credit to you guys for doing that. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask was, um, what are you most proud about what you achieved with the brand? Ravi, you spoke about, you know, that feeling of people say we had 200 covers from that one dish. Is that, would that be one of the most proudest moments in regards to Brunch Crawler? Or is there any, any other moments you can identify? I think if I can speak from a, a follower's point of view, I've been out a few times with Rabi or Billy where some, someone's recognised us and they're like, oh, I came to this cafe because of your recommendation. And I'm half happy because then my next question is, how was it? Yeah. Have you enjoyed the meal? Is it what we made it out to be? And then they've said, yes, like it's incredible. You know, I brought my friends here, I brought my family. I love that. That for me, that, that made my day, right? Just recommending something that gives happiness to people, good food, good service, good vibes, that makes me happy. So I like actually, you know, good referrals and it delivers. That, 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 that's been a highlight of mine. Obviously, we've done some cool stuff. We've partnered with, you know, the Bastille Fest, uh, Festival, the French Festival in the city, a Magnum ice cream when I open up their store in the city. We've done cool activations, been invited to these cool influencer events. They're nice, they look flashy on Instagram. But for me, as Ryby said, it's about the human connections. So I love when I see someone who recognizes us or follows a page, or even they DM us. They're like, oh, thank you so much for posting about Percy Plunkett. I went there last weekend and I loved it. That, that, that's made my day. Ryby? Mo pretty much hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, I'll get a text message saying, hey, dude, where can I go? For example, I'll, send, I'll say, hey, go to Percy Plunkett. They go, I'll get a message from my friend and I'll get a message from Phil saying, hey, thanks for, for recommending that guy. And then my mate saying, hey, that was an awesome meal. I'm definitely coming back there. Yeah. You know, just that being able to sort of link people, um, it's, it's very special. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we met through the industry and now, you know, we're great mates and brothers. And I think it's really cool what you're doing. And again, it goes back to being genuine about who you are. So mm -hmm. um, before we wrap, wrap up, is there anything you, th you feel that, you know, I should have asked, I could have asked that could create value to anyone listening? If I can add one thing, I think just reiterating the point, um, if you're looking at opening a new cafe um, in 2021 or beyond, I think, uh, you know, value marketing. Don't look at marketing as a side thing. Look at it as um, a core part of your business. Obviously, at the end of the day, for as you know, you've got front, you know, front of house, back of house, you're serving dishes to people. But 10 years ago, marketing was an afterthought. I would highly recommend that you make it at the forefront of when you're planning your business or trying to take it to the next level. It's key. It's also important if you're in the business of you know, buying, building and selling because that's part of the sales process. We've had a, a business owner client who his goal was in two years time to sell. So we really ramped up his social media because that was part of the package. We're selling a really good cafe with great staff, great food, great customer base and a page of 12,000 followers. Um, you know, customers who love the page. So I think put value on marketing and look for good marketers. If you don't like what you're hearing, ask a friend, ask another cafe owner recommendation. Um, a lot of agencies do overcharge where you can ask for a discount. Um, and yeah, just, just ask the question, there's no harm, but really value social media and value marketing. That's great advice. I've got uh, three points that I'd like to, to mention. To hear Let's go around. <laughs> Obviously, back to, um, we've, we've heard this numerous uh, occasions sound like a broken record, but content is king. And as Mo said, context is also king. Um, so create 
real honest content. Um, be creative, be clever, stand out, um, innovate. Uh, number two, um, build a community. Very important. Um, it's obviously quite powerful to have a loyal following. For example, Phil can serve them um, sausage and eggs and they'll, they'll buy it. You know, like you look at, for example, Happy Fields. Shout out to the boys. The boys. Um, Doing so well. Amazing job, yeah. You, you, look you, you know what, sorry, just on Happy Fields, they took um, a very US diner feel, look and feel, with modern Australian um, level of food and quality of coffee, and they're just, they're doing so well. Yeah. Shout out to the boys. They, like, and, they, and they deserve it. They've, just, oh. they've done so well and, and they, you know, they've, they've done their trade in the industry as well. They both worked at the grounds. Mm. Chris, operational wizard, you know, Jesse's amazing in the kitchen. And like you said, what they created at Hatterfields was amazing. So. Well, it's pretty simple. They're, they're, they're serving familiar food that's also exciting. It's a novelty, mm. you know, and, and people are saying, oh, is it a fad or is it a wave? What's the hype? It's like, no, dude, it's... Pancakes, it's sausage and egg McMuffin, you know, it's, it, they're kicking goals and they're going to continue to kick goals. And their marketing is on point as well, if we're going to add that. Very memorable, very iconic. People know the yellow now. Normally yellow is synonymous with McDonald's. Correct. Now it's with Happy Fields, right? So I know when someone's there, you know, they're, they're I'm thinking of getting socials. the tattoo on my sleeve. So. <laughs> oh, the boys, the boys will like that. <laughs> I think it's a free pancake for life if you get that. So. And, the, and the, the last point, uh, I mean, I take my hat off to you, Phil, um, is uh, be open, collaborate, you know, mingle, network. There's no harm. Don't, there's no, I mean, it depends on what your objective is. If, if you're a – get out there and, 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 and sort of connect with, with other operators. There's no harm. I, I, love, I love seeing when other operators sort of mingle, network, catch up for coffee, you know, brainstorm ideas. It's a, it's an equal playing field and yeah. everyone has their, their areas everyone has their zones so yeah. just keep the respect there I mean everyone's out have fun like you look at for example Happy Field you go in and even before you go in you have this sort of this idea that you, you, you're going to experience something pretty unique you come out you know and you're happy and I mean there's nothing worse than going somewhere paying for a meal and then leaving and thinking fuck I shouldn't have paid that or that was, it was overpriced. It. Yeah, it wasn't worth it or, you know, that was bad experience. So, you know, my message to, to sort of owners and operators is continue to innovate, you know, and stay relevant in the game and, and keep building the culture, like the, the Percy's culture. There's yeah. nothing like you. That, I mean, I've, I've met with two influential operators and they both had the same message. You're as good as your people. You know, people and culture, it's, it's everything, essentially. Yeah, I think it's, it's all been amazing advice, boys. And, and to be honest, there's so much more value. That, like, I knew I was going to get value out of this podcast, but the amount of value in this has been amazing. One more question before we finish up. You know, you guys have obviously, like we've spoken before, created an amazing following. How much of that is because of, you know, good luck, hard work, consistency? What would you put it down to? It's a combination um, of what you just mentioned. Uh, we're still very passionate. Mm. I mean, no matter who I speak to, I, I, I speak from my heart and, and I, I try to give impartial advice. Um, and then we, we listen to our audience. People tell us, can you go here? Can you check out this place? Or, or we'll put out saying, hey, what do you, what do you guys want to see more of? Um, just g give your audience what they want. It's as simple as that. And then let it be catchy. Let it be, you know, innovative. Yeah. 
I think being genuine as well, Phil. So everything you mentioned also being genuine about who we are and what we stand for. And some people could argue, oh, you've been around for seven years, boys. You've only got 80,000 followers. Why don't you have two or 300,000 followers? That's a good point, right? So I think a part of that is we're following our audience, our core audience. So, you know, there's a 10,000 fan rule that if you give 10,000 people what they want, whatever you're servicing, they will tell their friends and they will tell their, their friends. Again, it's a merger of the online and the offline. Okay. So word of mouth versus modern marketing. So I think being genuine, um, hard work, consistency as well. Um, and yeah, just really showcasing what Sydney has to offer because we're all about Sydney, right? Our, our core is Sydney. So when there's Sydney a new first, cafe, yeah. let's go show what's in Sydney. This weekend, try this in Sydney. This festival's on. New kid on the block in, in this part of Western Sydney or South Sydney. So... Yeah, localised content, um, being genuine to our audience and consistency is what I'd probably put it down to, yeah. Mm. Both great answers, boys. And I think, you know, I just want to say thank you. Obviously, you guys have supported me a lot in the business. You know, I, like I said, we're brothers now, but I think you guys, you know, like the Isaac Eats a Lot and the Justin Time, you know, you've always been there to support the business, never asked for a dollar. And I think it shows that you guys are there to to give the best value to everyone that you meet. So thank you for your time today and thank you for everything you do. Thanks, Phil. Pleasure having us. Absolute pleasure. Well, when in Penrith, go to Percy's. Or go to Penrith so you can get Percy's. Go to Percy's, <laughs> yes. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers.